If you're not failing on a regular basis, you're doing something wrong. And it's true. It sounds like one of these little clever sayings or something, but it's true. Uh, it means that you're playing it too safe. You are not experimenting enough. You're, you know, like being a good girl or boy and, and staying in the lines. You're, you're uh, you know, doing what's expected of you in the class or whatever it is. Now you have to experiment and take risks to learn anything, anything at all. And any great innovator, there are plenty of them out there. They will all, the stories, we all know them, right? So like Edison, the, the famous story, it took him a thousand attempts to find the right filament for the uh, light bulb and the invention of the light bulb. And uh, Lincoln, you, you can go online and find this list of how many times he failed. Big failures. These are not small failures. They're like heart-crushing failures in business and and how many times he, he didn't get elected when he ran. And it's it's just, and yet, they these two people contributed to actually changing the world. I think we need to get rid of the word failure. It's just useless. Uh, it's, and, and really, it's inaccurate. There is only one real failure, and that is not learning from an experience. It's the only failure that can be. Can be. Uh, so I, I think really it, it, what most people call failure should be looked upon as opportunity. This is not New Age happy talk. Really, it's an opportunity and, and not a disappointment. And it's not just about attitude or syntax or reframing it. it, it it's, really, it's really a truth and embrace it. And that changes your, your attitude about it. Uh, one of the greatest things about failure is that it spurs creativity. It's one of the main things that spurs creativity. That, that saying, that saying um, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention is true. And uh, so if, if it's true that learning is mostly about profiting from experimentation, then uh, we need another word for failed experiments, something besides fail. So how about evidence, you know, data, um, discoveries, clues, you know, almost anything. They're actually more accurate words. Words are important. They reflect consciousness. They reflect a mindset. So um, when something doesn't work, that's actually extremely valuable information. Uh, you And it actually brings immediate rewards. So one, the obvious, it shows you, you know, oh, now I don't know. That's not the way to go. You know, that's really important information. Um, but even more important, it begs the, the, these, these uh, creative questions like, you know, why did it not work? What could work? I mean, it sounds so basic, but it's real. You go with that. You make it just part of your experience. You change your entire relationship to uh, the phenomenon of, call it a failed experiment, call it an opportunity or, a, a, you know, a chance for a clue. Uh, so failures, really, they are, um, they're both milestones of progress and they're signposts pointing to solutions. Now, I'm not saying that there's no such thing as a wrong answer. 
because there is. And uh, so, you know, math is math. And uh, uh, hard science, there's, there's hard-edged hard science. It's got rigid structures to it. They're part of its skeleton. And, uh, you know, business runs on money. So you've, you, you, if you want to learn engineering or you, you want to, you know, use computer programming or, or finance, you have got to respect the parameters of those, those endeavors. Uh, but even in these realms, if you, if you, you, you can make great creative strides if you reorient yourself in these ways we've been talking about. The, the teaching process, the, the testing process, if, if it's, it gets shifted towards encouraging during, during experimentation instead of you know, discouraging that from fear of failure and emphasizing the, the real value of any outcome. Uh, then, you know, you take, you're taking the onus off of failure and you, you inspire students with the joy of discovery and they learn a lot more readily and they're much more creative. Uh, you know, for most of us, our, our schooling was exactly the opposite, right? We, it was all about good grades and about getting the so-called right answer. Um, experimentation and joy of learning are, are smothered. They're actually suffocated under the, the fear of making a mistake or getting, you know, getting it wrong. And it'll kill you. It'll kill the most creative part of your intelligence, your intuition. Uh, so the ones who are reward, rewarded the most in, in our, our, you know, our system, not just education, but just out in business, are the ones who stay inside the lines and they, you know, pair it back perfectly, just, you know, what they were told, what's expected of them. So everybody else is compared to failure. You know, the ones that get the 4.5 grade point averages are these types. But uh, and in, 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 in comparison, everybody else is lesser somehow. You know, it's crazy. So under these circumstances, it, it's, it's a wonder there's anything creative happens out there in the actual working world, um, the way we've been programmed and trained. And, but it, and it's absolutely no wonder at all that people are paralyzed by the fear of failure. Everybody's got an issue with this. I always look for mentors. I look for examples of people that have highly developed qualities that I want to develop. Now, they don't have to be saints. They don't have to be all perfect. Like Edison. I think the guy was, you know, an a-hole, basically. He was, he was like egotistical. He, he, he hooked up with Pierpont Morgan, who was this robber baron guy. They did a lot of, you know, pretty shady stuff to get ahead. He was a businessman. He was a pit bull. But the guy knew some things. This, you, you know, you can learn from him. He knew some great things. So clearly neither he or you know, Lincoln. Now, Lincoln's one of my heroes. I want to get to him in a minute. But Edison... Um, he didn't let the fear of failure get in the way. And so you know, how was it? How was it these, these, these people were not crushed by the many failures that they had? Well, uh, Edison, he said, you know, just because something doesn't do what you planned it to do doesn't mean it's useless. So it's clear this guy got that there, you know, you learn from every outcome. There's value in, in there's a learning opportunity in, in every experience. So he was open. He wasn't under this, this fear of failure thing. It was like, had that almost childlike curiosity and interest in everything, you know. Um, and he also said, our, 
Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. And we've heard this all before, right? He lived it. He's talking from living it. You know, get it, get the impact from him, from these people when they, they're speaking from their, their, their wisdom, what they really know. So he also knew about the power of perseverance. There really is something about that. Just take one more step. Uh, and this is one I'm always, you know, interested in, you know, what kept him juiced, what really motivates people, what inspires them, what keeps that going. It's one thing to say, you know, keep on going. But these these people like Edison, he had some juice from something that kept him be able to keep on going and try one more time. So this, this next quote, it, it kind of gives a clue. If we all did the things we are capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves. Now, this to me is, is the, like a window into his soul. He knew he had some deep, secret inner resource. This, this is maybe as far as he got in his spiritual life, but there it is, there's the evidence. He knew. So as pragmatic as he was, he knew this. Um, now, last, last Edison quote here. Hell, there are no rules here. We're just trying to accomplish something. I love this, you know, it's like breaks the rules, it's whatever, but it, it shows he has a sense of humor. He, he, you know, he's got a sense of mission and he's got an open mind. It's like, whatever, hey, we'll do whatever it takes, you know, um, and, and that is one of the things you need to tap into your intuition. You can be sure he had intuition. It's the ideas that come to him. So these are all great clues for how you stay inspired and, you know, not fall into natural disappointment, discouraging disappointment. Remember, we've discarded failure, right? Doesn't even exist. So now we can learn a lot more from Lincoln. He's one of my heroes for a lot of reasons. I could do a whole talk on this guy. So much to learn from his life and the things he said. He was a lot more aware of his higher nature and of the higher principles of life. So, uh, you know, he said, success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. So, you know, his, his, his sense of humor is, is famous. And there's so many quotes that show he had this wry, self-effacing you know, sense of humor. But it wasn't like, like Edison, he was like this proud guy. Uh, uh, Lincoln was the opposite. It was he, his, his perspective, his humor came from that, that kind of, it's a mature humbleness a perspective on himself and knowing there is something larger that he's living for. There's a special humor that comes with that. So he said, I am not bound to win, but I am bound to be true. I am not bound to succeed, but I am bound to live up to what light I have. Now, this, is, this is deep stuff. This is there's a lot here. He was crystal clear that it was not about him, and it wasn't even about winning his battles. And he had big battles. I mean, it was the stake of our country he was, that was hanging in on his decisions. It literally was. So, you know, this is a big, huge historical geopolitical thing. And yet he got it. It's not about any of that, really, essentially. Um, you know, he got it. It was about the, the, the letting the light shine through him. And it can, that can sound new agey trite. But this is real stuff. Pay attention. Look at the impact he had by knowing this. So, uh, you know, this, this serving, this serving, you know, some truth greater than yourself is, 
is is one thing, and and there, but there's a diff, deep, deeper level even to to how asking this question. What 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 really kept him juiced though? What what kept him going? Because he had attacks on him personally more than way more than most people in history. If you read about this guy, um, and he said, I can see where it might be possible for a man to look down upon earth and be an atheist. But I cannot conceive how he could look up into the heavens and say there is no God. Now, here we have the source of his inspiration and, and his strength. So, you know, he uses the God word and God creates and all this stuff. You know, set it aside if you're you know, bothered by those ideas of the, that, that phrasing. He's, he's tapped into something real here. Uh, something bigger than himself, and it is full of joy and wonder. So despite all the grimness, especially of the last 10 years of his life, you know, there's hardly a, a moment that wasn't stressful. This guy was full of joy and wonder. It's just, you know, it was amazing to me. Uh, now, he was, it was really well known. He wasn't religious in you know, a conventional sense. He wouldn't go, he wouldn't join a church, and there was intense pressure at those times to, be a something, you know, uh, to, to be a, a church going guy, you know. Um, but his creed, uh, let us have faith that right makes might. And in, the, in, in that faith, let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it. That last part is important. It's not like this, like, duty, oh, it's my duty, and these people that go out and, you know, blindly follow duty out of some ego trip in a way to, you know, have people admire them or something. This, the, he's using duty differently. This is as we understand it. So he, he followed his own inner guide. And, and then with, unswervingly with, with commitment and courage. But it was his own inner compass. And following anybody else's or any creed or anything imposed upon him. So, you know, what do we have so far here from, you know, kind of looking at these these two real people and where, what, how they did this, how they never got discouraged. So one, there's adopting the attitude that every, every experience is a learning opportunity. And you can do this as a choice. Uh, and you can practice it and it can become your habit. And then you you get the benefits from it. And you get out of the failure word altogether. There's the joy of discovery, joy, and deciding to enjoy the ride. You know, you go there. This is what keeps you juiced. And there's humor. This is perspective. Not taking everything so so seriously. Re remembering the big picture. And there's that one step at a time perseverance. So you're always willing to try one more time. You can decide to do this. Not take on too much. It's just one more time. And there's courage to act independently from your own muse, your own inner guidance that takes courage, but it's also tremendous strength. It's tremendous freedom. Uh, and, and finally, there's serving the higher purpose to something bigger than yourself. And, and really, this is the key point. This is the most important thing. Uh, so I discussed this at some length in, in my book. No, the overarching purpose of the entire stage of material existence is, is to receive on-the-job training in transcendence. 
And it sounds like a vague statement until you do it. But it, it's really the truth. You are here to realize your spiritual nature and to live accordingly. To be in the world, but not of the world. You're not made of it. You have to operate in it, but you're not made of that stuff and have to react to it. So obstructions, resistance, reversals, difficulties, these are all integral parts of the coursework, you know, of the school of life. Uh, and so get used to it, you know? I mean, uh, you, it doesn't mean you have to like it. But uh, the sooner you learn to accept it and stop bitching about it and, and resisting it, uh, and, and you embrace the real purpose of it, it has a purpose, then uh, the less you suffer from resenting it and, and wishing it wasn't there. Uh, and uh, simultaneously, the more you get out of your experiences, it, it's, again, it sounds like one of these nice little formulas that, that, that it's, uh, uh, you know, put out in a self-help book, but try it out, do this, put it to the test, and you will see, you'll be less burdened, you will learn more from, from your life. And, uh, you know, but ultimately, the, the ultimate antidote to discouragement is the conviction that you're never alone and that it is never really up to you to get the answer. It comes through you. It's, it's, it's not your, of your making. So, really, as long as you, you just try to maintain your intuitive connection to your higher principles and you do your, you know, your honest best to lift them, their failure is impossible. It's virtually impossible because by doing so, you will be automatically, uh, your life will automatically be serving its purpose, bringing out your best. You are becoming more. You're becoming your best self. So, if, you know, so far, you've been looking down at the earth and, and uh, you know, you're being, you're being an atheist, you know, no, you know, I, I don't blame anybody for this. Looking at the world works and all the garbage that's going on and the ugliness and the greed, and especially in our times, uh, how, you know, I don't blame anybody for being uh, uh, at least fed up and, and even cynical or, you know, just screwing it. Uh, but, and I propose, you know, try looking at the heavens. You know, Lincoln called about it, looking up at the heavens. But really, look within. Look at within, the heavens within yourself. And uh, you'll discover you're sustained by a power and a presence that is that will perpetually keep you inspired. So how to do it? You use the tools in the book now. And, and see, see for yourself if what Lincoln said is true. He, he said, surely God would not have created such a being as man to exist only for a day. Man was made for immortality. Now, don't get overwhelmed by, you know, I talk a lot about immortality right away in, in my book, and here it is again. It, this is big stuff. It is so big you can't comprehend it. It can be. It can really like stop you in your tracks. Like, oh, I can't go there. You know, come on. Um, exploring your own mentality, though, is where really you got to be open to that. But you got to do it step by step and take it. Take it as a pragmatic value here. Look at these great ones. What they're saying. They're they're not blowing smoke. 
they they accomplish amazing things for a reason. So let's learn, learn, listen, and learn. So re remember, one step at a time, and you don't have to use all the tools and know all at once. Um, and remember, you can't, you know, you can't expect to suddenly leapfrog to be a Lincoln or a you know Gandhi or some you know great master all at once either. It it, it is a step by step thing. Have, have patience, but. Uh, you know, most of us, I think, have learned or tried to learn a musical instrument sometime or another, and you know what that's like. It, it for quite a while in the beginning, you're just slogging away at technique. It, it's there's no fun, a little bit, you know, but it's it's learning the technique. You've got to follow through long enough until there's that breakthrough, and you play for song. You know, you make music, and there's the magic. And you want more of that. So you keep on practicing. And at first it's chopsticks and who knows how long, maybe, you know, uh, you know, uh, Chopin, a work by Chopin or something at some day, or I don't know, a Jimi Hendrix riff. I don't know, whatever, you know, your cup of tea is. But it's magic. You get to the magic. So stick to it and experience the joy of making music. And so if there's one thing practice from no that you should absolutely do no matter what is it's daily meditation because that lays the foundation for your intuition and it gives you the biggest bang for your book of time and effort it really does i mean five minutes a day ten minutes a day you'll get way more out of that than a, a lot of other time consuming self-development efforts, something you don't do them, but if there's one to do, if it's going to boil down to one to start with and to get in there, this is the one. And then, you know, learn your own scales, make your own music. Everybody's favorite subjects, discouragement, failure. Everybody's terrified of failure. Um, well, the thing about failure is if you're not failing on a regular basis, you're doing something wrong. And it's true. Sounds like one of these little clever sayings or something, but it's true. Uh, it means that you're playing it too safe. You are not experimenting enough. You're, you know, like being a good girl or boy and, and staying in the lines. You're, you're uh, you know, doing what's expected of you in the class or whatever it is. No, you have to experiment and take risks to learn anything anything at all. And any great innovator, there are plenty of them out there, they will all, the stories, we all know them, right? So like Edison, the, the famous story, it took him a thousand attempts to find the right filament for the uh, light bulb and the invention of the light bulb. And uh, Lincoln, you, you can go online and find this list of how many times he failed. Big failures. These are not small failures. They're like heart-crushing failures. In business, and and how many times he, he didn't get elected when he ran and it's it's just and yet they these two people contributed to actually changing the world so uh, i think we need to get rid of the word failure it's just useless uh, it's and, and it really it's inaccurate there is only one real failure and that is not learning from an experience it's the only failure that can be can be uh, so I, I think really it, it, what most people call failure should be looked upon as opportunity. This is not new age happy talk. 
really. It's an opportunity and, and not a disappointment. And it's not just about attitude or syntax or reframing it. It, it it's, really, it's really a truth and embrace it. And that changes your, your attitude about it. Uh, one of the greatest things about failure is that it spurs creativity. It's one of the main things that spurs creativity. That, that saying, that saying um, you know, it, uh, necessity is the mother of invention is true. And uh, so if, if it's true that learning is mostly about profiting from experimentation, then uh, we need another word for failed experiments something besides fail. So how about evidence, you know, data, um, discoveries, clues, you know, and almost anything. They're actually more accurate words. Words are important. They reflect consciousness. They reflect a mindset. So um, when something doesn't work, that's actually extremely valuable information. Uh, you and it actually brings immediate rewards. So one, the obvious, it shows you, you know, oh, now I don't know, that's not the way to go, you know, that's really important information. Um, but even more important, it begs the, the, the these, these uh, creative questions like, you know, why did it not work? What could work? I mean, it sounds so basic, but it's real. You go with that. You make it just part of your experience. You change your entire relationship to uh, the phenomenon of, call it a failed experiment, call it an opportunity or, a, a, you know, a chance for a clue. Uh, so failures, really, they are, um, they're both milestones of progress and they're signposts pointing to solutions rolled into one. Now, I'm not saying that there's no such thing as a wrong answer, because there is. And uh, so, you know, math is math. And uh, uh, hard science, there's, there's hard-edged hard science. It's got rigid structures to it. They're part of its skeleton. And, uh, you know, business runs on money. So you've, you, you, if you want to learn engineering or you, you want to, you know, use computer programming or, or finance, you have got to respect the parameters of those those endeavors. Uh, but even in these realms, if you if you, you you can make great creative strides if you reorient yourself in these ways we've been talking about the the teaching process, the the testing process. If if it's if it gets shifted towards encouraging during during experimentation instead of you know, discouraging that from fear of failure and emphasizing the the real value of any outcome. Uh, then, you know, you take you're taking the onus off of failure and you, you inspire students with the joy of discovery and they learn a lot more readily and they're much more creative. Uh, you know, for most of us, our, our schooling was exactly the opposite, right? We it was all about good grades and about getting so-called right answer. Um, experimentation and joy of learning are, are smothered. They're actually suffocated under the, the fear of making a mistake or getting, you know, getting it wrong. And it'll kill you. It'll kill the most creative part of your intelligence, your intuition. Uh, so the ones who are rewarded, rewarded the most in, in our, our, you know, our system, not just education, but just out in business, 
are the ones who stay inside the lines and they, you know, pair it back perfectly, just, you know, what they were told, what's expected of them. So everybody else is compared to failure. You know, the ones that get the 4.5 grade point averages are these types. But uh, and in, 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 in comparison, everybody else is lesser somehow. You know, it's crazy. So under these circumstances, it, it's, it's a wonder there's anything creative happens out there in the actual working world. Um, the way we've been programmed and trained, and but it, and it's absolutely no wonder at all that people are paralyzed by the fear of failure. Everybody's got an issue with this. So, so let's get back to Edison Lincoln. Um, I, I I always look for mentors. I look for examples of people that have highly developed qualities that I want to develop. Now they don't have to be saints. They don't have to be all perfect. Like Edison. I think the guy was, you know, an a-hole, basically. He was, he was like egotistical. He, he, he hooked up with Pierpont Morgan, who was this robber baron guy. They did a lot of, you know, pretty shady stuff to get ahead. He was a businessman. He was a pit bull. But the guy knew some things. This, you, you know, you can learn from him. He knew some great things. So clearly neither he or, you know, or Lincoln. Now, Lincoln's one of my heroes. I want to get to him in a minute. But Edison... Um, he didn't let the fear of failure get in the way. And so you know, how was it? How was it these, these, these people were not crushed by the many failures that they had? Well, uh, Edison, he said, you know, just because something doesn't do what you planned it to do doesn't mean it's useless. So it's clear this guy got that there, you know, you learn from every outcome. There's value in, in there's a learning opportunity in, in every experience. So he was open. He wasn't under this, this fear of failure thing. He was like, had that almost childlike curiosity and interest in everything, you know. Um, and he also said, our, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. And we've heard this all before, right? He lived it. He's talking from living it. You know, get it. Get the impact from him, from these people when they, they're speaking from their, their, their wisdom, what they really know. So he also knew about the power of perseverance. There really is something about that. Just take one more step. Uh, and, and this is one I'm always, you know, interested in. You know, what kept him juiced? What really motivates people? What inspires them? What keeps that going? It's one thing to say, you know, oh, keep on going. But these these people, like Edison, he had some juice from something that kept him be able to keep on going and try one more time. So this this next quote, it, it kind of gives a clue. If we all did the things we are capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves. Now this to me is, is a, like a window into his soul. He knew he had some deep, secret inner resource. This this is maybe as far as he got in his spiritual life, but there it is, there's the evidence. He knew. So as pragmatic as he was, he knew this. Um, now, last, last Edison quote here. Hell, there are no rules here. We're just trying to accomplish something. I love this, you know. It's like breaks the rules, it's whatever, but it, it shows he has a sense of humor. He, he you know, he's got a sense of mission. And he's got an open mind. It's like, whatever, hey, we'll do whatever it takes, you know? Um, and, and that is one of the things you need to tap into your intuition. You can be sure he had intuition. It's the ideas that come to him. So these are all great clues for how you stay inspired and you know, not 
fall into natural disappointment, discouraging disappointment. Remember, we've discarded failure, right? Doesn't even exist. So now we can learn a lot more from Lincoln. He's one of my heroes for a lot of reasons. I could do a whole talk on this guy. So much to learn from his life and the things he said. He was a lot more aware of his higher nature and of the higher principles of life. So, uh, you know, he said, success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. So, you know, his, his, his sense of humor is, is famous. And there's so many quotes that show he had this wry, self-effacing, you know, sense of humor. But it wasn't like, like Edison, he was like this proud guy. Uh, uh, Lincoln was the opposite. He was, he, his, his perspective, his humor came from that, that kind of, it's a mature humbleness. A perspective on himself and knowing there is something larger that he's living for. There's a special humor that comes with that. So he said, I am not bound to win, but I am bound to be true. I am not bound to succeed, but I am bound to live up to what light I have. This is, this is deep stuff. This is there's a lot here. He was crystal clear that it was not about him, and it wasn't even about winning his battles. And he had big battles. I mean, it was the stake of our country that was hanging in on his decisions. It literally was. So, you know, this is a big, huge historical geopolitical thing. And yet he got it. It's not about any of that, really, essentially. Um, you know, he got it. It was about the, the, the letting the light shine through him. And it can, that can sound new agey trite, but this is real stuff. Pay attention. Look at the impact he had by knowing this. So, uh, you know, this, this serving, this, this serving, you know, some truth greater than yourself is, is, is one thing, and and there, but there's a deep, deep, deeper level even to to how asking this question. What 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 really kept him juiced though? What what kept Lincoln going? Because he had attacks on him personally more than way more than most people in history. If you read about this guy. Um, and he said, I can see where it might be possible for a man to look down upon earth and be an atheist. But I cannot conceive how he could look up into the heavens and say there is no God. Now, here we have the source of his inspiration and, and his strength. So, you know, he uses the God word and God creates and all this stuff. You know, set it aside if you're you know, bothered by those ideas of the, that, that phrasing. He's, he's tapped into something real here, uh, something bigger than himself, and it is full of joy and wonder. So despite all the grimness, especially of the last 10 years of his life, you know, there's hardly a, a moment that wasn't stressful. This guy was full of joy and wonder. It's just... You know, it was amazing to me. Uh, now, he was, it was really well known. He wasn't religious in you know, a conventional sense. He wouldn't go, he wouldn't join a church. And there was intense pressure at those times to be a something, you know, a, a, to be a, a church going guy, you know. Um, but his creed, uh, let us have faith that right makes might. And in, a, in, in that faith, let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it. That last part is important. It's not like this like duty, oh, it's my duty, and these people that go out and you know blindly follow duty out of some ego trip in a way to 
you know, have people admire them or something. This that he's using duty differently. This is as we understand it. So he he followed his own inner guide, and and then with unswervingly with with commitment and courage. But it was his own inner compass, and following anybody else's or any creed or anything imposed upon him. So you know what do we have so far here, from you know kind of looking at these these two real people and where what how they did this how they never got discouraged. So one there's adopting the attitude that every every experience is a learning opportunity and you can do this as a choice uh, and you can practice it and it can become your habit and then you you get the benefits from it and you get out of the failure word altogether there's the joy of discovery joy and deciding to enjoy the ride you know you go there this is what keeps you juiced and there's humor this is perspective not taking everything so so seriously, re remembering the big picture. And there's that one step at a time perseverance. So you're always willing to try one more time. You can decide to do this, not take on too much. It's just one more time. And there's courage to act independently from your own muse, your own inner guidance that takes courage, but it's also tremendous strength. It's tremendous freedom. Uh, and, and finally, there's serving the higher purpose to something bigger than yourself. And, and really, this is the key point. This is the most important thing. Uh, so I discussed this at some length in, in my book, No. The overarching purpose of the entire stage of material existence is, is to receive on-the-job training in transcendence. And it sounds like a vague statement until you do it but it, it's really the truth you are here to realize your spiritual nature and to live accordingly to be in the world but not of the world you're made of it you have to operate in it but you're not made of that stuff and have to react to it so obstructions resistance reversals difficulties these are all integral parts of the coursework you know of the school of life uh, and so get used to it you know, I mean, uh, you, that doesn't mean you have to like it. But uh, the sooner you learn to accept it and stop bitching about it and and resisting it, uh, and, and you embrace the real purpose of it, it has a purpose, then uh, the less you suffer from resenting it and, and wishing it wasn't there. Uh, and uh, simultaneously, the more you get out of your experiences, it, it's... Again, it sounds like one of these nice little formulas that 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 it's uh, uh, you know put out in a self-help book. But try it out. Do this. Put it to the test, and you will see. You'll be less burdened. You will learn more from from your life. And uh, you know, but ultimately, the really the ultimate antidote to discouragement is the conviction that you're never alone. And that is never really up to you to get the answer. It comes through you. It's not your, of your making. So really, as long as you, you just try to maintain your intuitive connection to your higher principles and you do your, you know, your honest best to lift them, failure is impossible. It's virtually impossible because by doing so, you will be automatically 
uh, your life will automatically be serving its purpose, bringing out your best. You are becoming more. You're becoming your best self. So, if you know, so far, you've been looking down at the earth, and and uh, you know, you're being you're being an atheist. You know, no, you know, I I don't blame anybody for this. Looking at the world works and all the garbage that's going on and the ugliness and the greed, and especially in our times. Uh, how, you know, I don't blame anybody for being uh, uh, at least fed up and, and even cynical or, you know, just screwing it. Uh, but, then I propose, you know, try looking at the heavens, you know, Lincoln called about it, looking up at the heavens, but really look within. Look at within, the heavens within yourself. And uh, you'll discover you're sustained by a power and a presence that is that will perpetually keep you inspired. So how to do it? You use the tools in the book now. And and see see for yourself if what Lincoln said is true. He, he said, surely God would not have created such a being as man to exist only for a day. Man was made for immortality. Now don't get overwhelmed by, you know, I talk a lot about immortality right away in, in my book, and here it is again. It, this is big stuff. It is so big you can't comprehend it. It can be, it can really, like, stop you in your tracks. Like, oh, I can't go there, you know. Come on. Um, exploring your own immortality, though, is where, really, you got to be open to that. But you got to do it step by step and take it, take it as a pragmatic value here. Look at these great ones, what they're saying. They're, they're not blowing smoke. They, they accomplish amazing things for a reason. So let's learn, learn, listen and learn. So re remember, one step at a time, and you don't have to use all the tools and know all at once. Um, and remember, you can't, you know, you can't expect to suddenly leapfrog to be a Lincoln or a, you know, Gandhi or some, you know, great master all at once either. It, it, it is a step-by-step -step thing. Have, have patience. But... Uh, you know, most of us, I think, have learned or tried to learn a musical instrument sometime or another. And you know what that's like. It, it, for quite a while in the beginning, you're just slogging away at technique. It, it's, there's no fun. A little bit, you know. But it's, it's learning the technique. You've got to follow through long enough until there's that breakthrough. And you play your first song. You know, you make music. And there's the magic. And you want more of that. So you keep on practicing. And at first it's chopsticks and who knows how long, maybe, you know, uh, you know, uh, Chopin, a work by Chopin or something at some day, or I don't know, a Jimi Hendrix riff. I don't know, whatever, you know, your cup of tea is. But it's magic. You get to the magic. So stick to it and experience the joy of making music. And so if there's one thing practice from no that you should absolutely do no matter what is it's daily meditation because that lays the foundation for your intuition and it gives you the biggest bang for your book of time and effort it really does i mean five minutes a day ten minutes a day you'll get way more out of that than a, a lot of other time consuming self-development efforts, something you don't do them, but if there's one to do, if it's going to boil down to one to start with and to get in there, this is the one. And then, you know, learn your own scales, make your own music. 